My name is Montrellis Moses Jr. I'm part of the Master Sports and Administration Leadership Program at University of Reinhardt. The last four years, I have been a part of the University of Reinhardt Eagles football team. Been to national championship my sophomore year. My last two years at University of Reinhardt, I was selected upon my teammates to be a captain of the team. As I was chosen to be captain of the football team, it was a very new experience for me. It put me in a leadership role quite early. I also was fortunate enough to be leader at my high school my last two years. Being leader can be a very daunting task just to the fact you got to be able to be good with people, be able to read people's personalities and egos, and just knowing when you got to intervene, when to let stuff play out, and the different type of people you run into and when to use certain types of conflict issues, resolutions. The one thing I always say about being a leader has to be that it is a gift. Is it a gift putting yourself out in front of your peers or in front of your colleagues and leading them? The reason why I say that would have to be because it takes a lot. You get looked at in a different different view once you do take on a leadership role. People are very critical of you. <laughs> Easily, not say jealous, but kind of say want your spot. But being a leader, it takes a lot more than just wanting it. You got to be able to do this thing every single day. You can't have a bad day. You can't have a bad game. That's just the way of life when you are a leader. People ask all the time, what are the best leaders? How do you become the best leader? Why is this person the best leader? The topic I hit on early in this podcast will have to be some of the best leaders are some of the best people reading people and managing people's egos. As an adult, and if you are successful, you got an ego about yourself. I don't even want to say ego. You got a swagger about yourself to help you get to this position. So to be able to manage egos for your company or for your team, for them to be successful, can be very hard. A good example I would like to bring up would have to be Cam Newton. Cam Newton have a flamboyant personality. He's out there. He's going to dance. He's going to jump. When he win, it's, it's all good. When he's losing, he's down. He's He don't want to talk about it. And that's one of the, the differences I've seen already between him and Carolina and New England. Bill Belichick is a hard-nosed coach. It's usually his way or the highway. You look at it. He won the most championships in the last 10 years just because of that fact. You got to be able to 
manage every single ego in that organization, that team, and get them to resolve those issues for one common goal. And every year is a new team because you add new players, you're in company, you add new positions with new players and new positions. There comes another ego that's involved that you got to be able to handle. You can't handle everybody the same exact way. That's what the best leaders know and know how to do. Some people are not conversational. Some people are hard on themselves. So you add on to it won't help. Some people take a good lashing out, a good go and talk to them and let them have it and explaining what you expect from them while you're disappointed. You got to be able to, like I said earlier, to read personalities. Like I said, being a leader is a gift because not everybody can do that. Some people just want to go straight ahead, straight to the point with every single person, and that don't work all the time. Some of the best coaches in college football, Alabama, Texas, some of those premier programs, those kids that go there, their parents push them, push them, and push them. Five-star camp, five-star camp. Got to go to the best school. Got to get good grades. And at times, that can lead to an inflated ego because you can feel like nobody's working as hard as me. Everything I got, I deserve. Everything I got was meant to be. So when you come to college, it can be very eye-opening for numerous of athletes. You see all the time, five-star recruit don't pan out. Five-star recruit get kicked out of school. Five-star recruit under underperforms his value. You go to school at Alabama, you don't see that a lot. If you're a five-star and goes there, you're normally going to be first two rounds of the draft. And all I had to deal with, Nick Saban learned how to deal with those egos, deal with the personalities. Not babying them, not babying the athletes, but just help to understand, like, you're part of a bigger picture. This is a team sport. And not you alone will get us to the end goal at the end of the year. So for 9, 10, 11 months, can you put aside this ego and sacrifice what the team needs. You go from high school, maybe getting 35, 40 carries a game, to college, maybe getting 10. That's it, you're getting used to. That's take a hard hit. You go from from high school being the manager school to maybe red shirt in your first year. That's another hit. Then at the same time, you red shirt and you start to do every single thing you would do if you was playing. Like I said, Nick Saban is one of the best coaches ever. There was an article written by Jack Crosby quoting Nick Saban saying, we need to check our egos at the door. Don't be selfish. So one of the best coaches can tell you how egos can be 
a cancer on the team, a virus on the team. And those are so many things a lot of coaches don't want to address and let it slide by. You see, nowadays, a lot of player coaches, I'm being friends with the players, I'm going to do my scheme and go on about my day. But that's never how it should be. Now you want to win consensually. You need those players' egos in check to the extent that it don't cost the team and they're not selfish, looking for the big payday, looking for the big stat, stat line, things like that. And that's why egos at times can be so detrimental to teams. Don't get me wrong. Having ego is a must if you want to be successful. And just being able to manage a whole bunch of different personalities and egos on your team so your team can be successful We're just trying to reach the common goal. And this man analysis, Kerry Champion did a TED talk back at for UCLA and she said you have to you have to have an ego to be successful. If you don't have one, you better get one. Nobody else will believe in you but yourself. That's why in my eyes, egos are so important. It's not there to stroke people's egos. They should come in with one, but the best leaders are the ones that manage their egos to get them from being selfish and to sacrifice for the team so the team can be successful. That's why I say the best skills to have when being a leader is when I call manage egos, but managing different personalities. And usually different personalities come with the egos and having different type of players on your team. You just got to know which way to go about certain players. And that is always a gift. The reason why it always be a gift would have to be because not everybody, not everybody does a good job at that. Some people let their egos be too big for their team. Because trust me, people like LeBron James, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick all have egos. But they are doing what's best for the team. And at times that is letting a big dog like Tom Brady have his input on, on, on the position. Or LeBron James deferring to the coach and the coach's coach. So when it comes to leadership, you got to be able to adjust to different type of personalities and also adjust your own ego. I'm not the only one that the egos can ruin a good team or business. There was an article about with Sean Haggard and Jasmine Carter named Ego is the Enemy of Good Leadership. Like I said, that's ego is the thing that can either ruin a team if not handled right or cause a program when too many of them are unchecked. Jeff Wu, CEO of the Lawrence Crawford Joyce Groups, said an unchecked ego can wrap our perspective or twist our values. Teresa Avis, who is the co-owner of Ferenc Enterprise, said egos can be defined as a part of us that drive us to continually compare ourselves with others. If you go to a football team, that's it's constantly happening. I recently, I coached at University of Ryan Hall. I recently had players come up to me just trying to explain why they should get number one or why you get this type of number. And it's always to the fact they're comparing themselves to who already have the number. 
It does create turmoil inside the program if it's not handled correctly. Because now that's all everybody want to think about. I'm better than him. I'm better than her. And things like that in the business or even in the sports world. And that always can come back and hunt your program. 